Welcome to the Real Estate Fight Club, a podcast for agents where you'll witness a battle of opinions about topics affecting your real estate business. There are many ways for agents to achieve success. The secret is to find which approach will work for you. Now, always in your corner, here are your hosts, Jen Mertland and Monica Weekly. Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Fight Club. What's up, Jen Mert? Monica, what you doing? How you doing over there in that corner? I'm I'm great. It is a nice corner. How are you, you doing? Do you have your gloves on today? Because I don't need it. I'm doing bare knuckle boxing today. <laughs> okay, good thing I brought my um, brass here. Oh, my brass knuckles. <laughs> brass knuckles. <laughs> have you seen it? There is this purse that I saw that it it's basically like brass knuckles kind of built in. Okay. So it's like a clutch where the purse like folds oh. in itself and then yeah. you hold it with your whole hand like a claw, right? But then the 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 brass purse knuckles. strap is like brass knuckles, which could be really useful depending yeah. on where you live. Yeah, you could just punch somebody in the face. Right in the kisser. If you're with your purse. Have you ever punched somebody? Uh, no, not like punched, like with a fist. Yeah. But I've been in like a girl middle school shoving match kind of fight, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> strength, like more trying to get around their neck and strangle. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Wow. <laughs> just kidding. You're not yeah. kidding. You're really, so violent. No, I wasn't. It was a stupid middle school kind of but I have remember what it was about. I have been punched in the face by a classmate of mine who actually passed away some years ago. Oh, um, yeah, she was uh, an addict and, and she, she struggled through school. And anyway, I was, we were in gym class and I was playing, um, I was a basketball court. Yes. I think I've told this before. Yeah. Tell us again. Well, I was signed to this basketball court and we had a bunch of them all around the gym and you had, you know, two or four people on it and we were shooting and doing what we were supposed to be doing. And all of a sudden somebody I'm playing with is like, Monica, Monica, <laughs> like turn around and here she comes. I'm not going to say her name. And here she comes. She's got a ball under one arm and she's much, and she just comes and fucking clocks me. Oh, I mean, sorry. <laughs> Freaking clocks me right in the face. This was in high school. Dang, did it hurt? Apparently, I was on the wrong court or I was with the wrong people or I don't wow. know. What, I don't even know what I did. Yeah, it hurt. It hurt like hell. And she got suspended. Yeah, she did. She, she deserved did. it. She did. But God rest her soul. She was a troubled human being. And I, I feel for her. Clearly but, troubled. Yeah, it was awful. All right. Well, all right. Let's get back to the task at hand, which is me. Should you punch the other realtor in the face? (laughs) Is there ever a reason to punch? Yes. When they cross signs, there's a reason. (laughs) Oh my God. We should have like wrestling, realtor wrestling matches. That sounds like an OnlyFans page. That's a fundraiser right there. (laughs) Oh, man. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. Of course, we love having you here at Real Estate Fight Club today. Jen and I are going to duke it out over this question. Should you, as a typical residential real estate agent, list multifamily properties? Should you, as a traditional real estate agent, list multifamily properties? 
All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go first. So a few weeks ago, we did one on should you be a property manager? And yeah. in the spirit of fighting, I said, sort of yes, I tiptoed on the yes. Right, yes. Here, I'm gonna hard no you. Okay. I'm a hard no. Tell me why. You don't know what the hell you're doing. Okay. And it's obvious. So I'm going to hard know you. Okay. So this is a two family. And what okay. is the difference between a two family and a traditional home? Have you heard of a tenant? What if it doesn't have a tenant? You mean if it's a vacant two family? Yeah. Okay. Do you, are you an agent that's an investor in properties also? Nope. I'm just a traditional regular old agent. That I'm going to hard know you. Knows how to I sell things your, with roofs. I can see your lack of knowledge showing <laughs> when you call me. So here's the thing. The thing okay. about, we have to think when I listed for me, when I list a property, I think who is this buyer? Mm -hmm. So if it's a two family where the buyer is an investor, there's certain things that that person wants to know. And I believe in answering questions before they're asked, if you mm -hmm. possible, right? Mm -hmm. So as somebody who doesn't do that, you wouldn't know what they wanted. So are you, I would argue, are you really servicing your client at the highest level if you have no idea what the hell you're doing? Yeah, I mean, I think, okay, surprise, it depends. It depends. Yay. It's flag again. <laughs> but it actually does depend because... I'm more than capable of listing a two to four family. It's just not that much different. And I can ask- It is different. If it's, understand. is a boiler heat? Do the, what utilities- How is a boiler heat? But what utilities do the tenants pay for versus the owner? What's the but rent roll? What is the questions. What is the tax form that you need to get to present to the buyer? I can ask those questions. I can find out with 10 questions, everything I need to know about listing a freaking two family. Okay. Four. And when you have to organize the showings because the tenants don't want to go in, you don't, how are you organizing the showings? Cause you're not doing it regularly. Tenants aren't cooperative like that. They're afraid they're getting kicked out. Well, I've shown enough of them to know that there's a, you know, a 24 hour or whatever the. Oh, oh, yeah. you're so cute. Your innocence. <laughs> I wish oh, I could God. bottle that up and sell it. You can. Now, listen, I think, you know, a commercial level, you know, 25 unit property, right. Way out of my range. But totally different ballpark. What, Jen, this is why in the Cincinnati MLS, two to four families are listed as residential. That's because that's what they are. Correct. And it should be the same. From an insurance standpoint. I'm a residential real Your estate. real estate license is for all real estate, including commercial. So it, it's okay for that, but it's not okay for. It's okay for a two to four family because no. the only, you know, difference is it's got a couple more ovens in it. That's not the only difference. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I can see, like, I can see what you're saying. And like, it, I think that if you are the, if you are a type of agent that you're interested in learning about multifamilies, you're mm -hmm. interested in learning about tenant occupied properties. I believe as an agent, you should own property. Mm -hmm. I think it's okay to help your client, but I think for your first couple, 
you should bring on somebody who knows what they're doing so you can actually learn instead of learning on your client's dime. Can we can we agree on that? I agree on that. And that's the same when you're getting started. That's the same when you're doing anything different. You're listing a horse property or like whatever. Yeah, of course, of course. But that doesn't mean I shouldn't do it. That just means like anything, I need to make sure to educate myself as I go. Yes. And also not do your client a disservice. And not do my client a disservice. But I will always say, in my opinion, that a two to four family is something that a traditional residential real estate agent can handle. Disagree. Clearly. They don't, mo- I mean, look, you've got to know, ma'am. Don't start yelling. Don't you, start I can't yelling. help it. <laughs> you've got, <laughs> you got to know, ma'am. Yes. You have to understand, like, you have to understand how investment properties work. And if you don't, I think you are doing the client a disservice. And I would rather you just not, like, refer it out, partner with somebody. Like, you shouldn't do it on your own. Okay. All right, let's take a break. Please. Get fired right up. Right starting away. to get a rash, heat rash. We'll be back. <laughs> let's hear, we'll be right back. Let's take a break here, a word from our back. favorite partners. And when we return, I don't even know what's going to happen, but I do know if you're an agent and you want to find out how to partner with us to help you grow your business so you can make a lot more money and have more time, more freedom without giving up a single penny or paying us any commission, schedule a call by texting or calling me at 513-400-1691. Hey, look, you know, before we go to break, that break, 2023 is going to be a freaking banner year for our partners, and we're going to make sure of it. So if you are looking to have a great year, come on, let Jen and I help you. We want to. Yep. Do it. If you're like me, then what you need right now is great leads. My number one lead source is a marketing engine called Pipeline Pro Tools. So we've hooked up with them to give you the playbook that I'm using that has generated over 12 leads in the last 90 days. So go to pipelineprotools.com slash fight club, book a quick demo so that they can help you figure out how many leads you will need in order to get the business that you're looking for. And then they will give you the playbook that I've been using for free. Again, that's PipelineProTools.com slash Fight Club. Are you struggling with what is the ideal path for you? What's next for you? There's so many options to try to figure out and there's so many different ways that you can take your business, but it's all pretty confusing. So our coach, Coach John Kitchens, came up with a short little quiz that will help you figure out the ideal path for you. Go to realestatecareeraccelerator.com Take the free short quiz and figure out your ideal path. That's realestatecareeraccelerator.com. Welcome back to the Battle Inside of the Ring. Man, Jen, shockingly, is extremely opinionated about this subject matter and is even getting a little elevated in her voice volume. Yes. (laughs) Yes. My favorite pastime activity. Turn down the volume when Jen's talking and then turn it back up when I'm on. (laughs) All right. So I think where we left it is that we are in agreement that if it's something of five family or above, that should be handled by somebody else. We agree. Correct. It's commercial. I mean, I could do, I've owned a five and a six unit, so I could actually do that. But in general, 
we well, can you agree. Own it. That's a little different. It's different. Yeah. If where we're disagreeing is something that's tenant occupied. Well, I think if it's just like a, if it's an investor property, even, even a single family tenant occupied, if the tenant is there, I don't think a regular agent should do that either. Tell me besides obviously the language in the contract that speaks to the tenants being in there and then accommodating their needs based on the seller's guidance. What's the, what else do I need to know? I just think that it's, it's more than it's like anything. It seems like it seems pretty easy and simple and like everything else. And the reality is it's not, it's just not, I don't know how to tell you it other than you experiencing it. If it's vacant, well, how will I learn if I can't experience it? Well, I don't know if that's really part of what you're trying to do. Right. So if it's some, if it's a two, two or four family or whatever, in the area that you work mm -hmm. and this is a client that you do a lot of business with or whatever and this is an area that interests you i mean bring on somebody to help you if you don't know what you're doing mm -hmm. but i don't if, if it's not where can I get into trouble where where will i be naive on a you know, a you're going to be naive on understanding the the things that the buyers need to know. And you're going to be naive in actually dealing with the tenants. They have certain rights that just you've got to be aware of. Yeah. Like length of time for notice for a showing. And they still won't show it, Monica. Well, th that's, that's fine. But why would that it's not fine? What are you going to do then? Well, then you work through it with the seller, like any other problem. <laughs> There's solved. a reason the seller is selling and guaranteed that tenant communication is one of them. <laughs> Probably. It's just not that simple. What would you do? Well, I call the tenant myself, but I'm used to dealing with tenants. I have property. Mm -hmm. So I call them. We go over the plan. We talk to them. Like I communicate with them typically more than their landlord does. Because that's usually part of the problem. Like, why is that landlord selling? Mm -hmm. Okay. So as long as I can communicate appropriately with the tenants, what? Okay. Yeah, you should try it. I don't know. I don't understand. I know because you won't, I can't explain it to you. You're going to have to see the shit show for yourself. That's helpful. I'm just that's saying helpful. you're not listening and you don't believe me. So you should do it for yourself. I don't believe you. Have a plan B. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. A backup plan. Okay. This most definitely needs to be the end of today's. Well, we should just listen to our tiebreaker and call it a day. Do me a favor. If you have sold a two or four family and you are a traditional residential real estate and it went just fine, let me hear about it. And even if it didn't go just fine, I'm yeah. interested in that as well. I'm also interested. I'm interested. What in am that. I not conveying to Monica in a heated way? <laughs> that I should be conveying. What am I missing? Maybe you just didn't raise your voice enough. I don't know. <laughs> Talk <laughs> slower and louder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> slower and louder. Do you? Do you understand me? <laughs> All right, guys. Do you think there was a knockout today? How do you feel? Do us a favor. Get out there and subscribe and share and like and go check us out on the Instagram and the TikTok all the things. Hey, and I think too, Monica, if 
if you're listening to this and you like our reels, our reels are so funny. I mean, I like them. We think they're so funny. <laughs> we think they're so funny. Remix us. If you're trying to get into doing reels, yeah. remix is a great, nice, soft way to get into doing them. I love that. Like, especially if you agree with something we're saying, you can just agree. You just nod. Agree. You just nod, like, and point at us. Or like. literally take the audio and do exactly what we did, but then yeah. tag us. Okay, cool. I do love it. it. All right. I need to go. I'm hungry. <laughs> you are. You were hangry today. <laughs> All right. right. Stay tuned for next time. Stay, listen to the tiebreaker and we'll see you later. Bye. All right. I'm here with our tiebreaker, Mitch Huffman. He is an EXP agent out of Cincinnati, Ohio, and he primarily focuses on helping investors find good deals. So Mitch, that is why you are the tiebreaker for this question. Are you ready? I am ready. Let's do it. <laughs> Should residential agents also do multifamilies? There's, it kind of depends. So okay. I think if you're a new agent, for sure, like don't say no to anything, like get as much experience as you can, but you have to have people, you know, on your side or you have to do the research to, to know what's different about multifamily versus single family. So right. like for me, I've only been in this for about two, well, a little over two years now and jumped full on into the investor side of things right from the beginning. So for me, that's I have like to another video about why you did that, I think, but go right? ahead. Yeah. <laughs> but like, for me, I have to almost do research on how to list single family properties because right. it's like, or non-investor properties, I'll call it right. Because it's just, <laughs> that's a totally different it's role. It's a to different me, but, animal for sure. Yeah. But I mean, as a newer agent, don't say no to it anything, right? Just, yeah, I can do that. And then figure out how to get it done and do the best job that you possibly can or else you would, you would never know. I, you know, and I don't believe that there's such thing as a commercial agent, residential agent, investor agent, you, you are an agent, right? It is your job to know all of those things, you know, whether it's a single family residential house, or if it's a 5,000 unit apartment building, I don't care. Right. (laughs) But what are some of the nuances that that maybe some people that if they only do like single family homes, residential owner occupied, that maybe they won't know to ask or to look for, like, give us some examples. Yeah. So, I mean, I can immediately tell as soon as it, like I look at a listing, I can tell if it was listed by somebody who does a lot of investment properties, multifamily properties or single family. How do you know? The biggest thing is the utility breakup. So when I ask them what, who pays for what, Right. And they go, um, well, I think it's all split between the units. I'm like, okay, well, how many electrical, you know, meters are on the thing? I'm not sure. You know, and you can look at those things in the pictures and stuff, but they don't know the answer to that. They're not an investor agent. Right. Right. Exactly. And if, if there are no financials attached on the MLS or that they can send you. That's also like red flag number two, right? That's like, okay, they have like no a idea rent either. roll plus the taxes. Yeah. Like, like yeah. just give me the rent roll or attach the leases on there or have a, a, a profit and loss or something. Give me something right. so I can analyze this property 
Um, and a lot of them are just like, well, I don't know. And, and the sellers, it can also depend on the seller too. If you get a seller who's, you know, 95 years old and he's just looking to sell his last property and he always did it by hand since, you know, 1952, right. then you, you may hard. not have a rent roll. It's, it's pretty hard, but it's the agent's job to just create one, just, just, just give us something right. That looks official because the lender is going to ask for that. Right. And if you don't have anything, makes it a lot harder to sell your property. What do you think about, I know we're kind of getting off topic, but what about when you're representing an investor client? I mean, these are some things you need to ask for from the listing agent, right? Yep. What are some other questions that the investor clients ask, ask you about? Like how do, how do they analyze the property? What should we know about that? You mean from like a buyer's perspective? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's like, probably 80% of what I do is investment buyers. So a lot of them are out of state. Um, so we have a lot of people from California, Florida, New York, you know, the states that you don't really want to buy in or you just right. can't afford to. Right. And what those people are immediately asking about what the area is like. They're always asking for numbers because a lot of these people maybe don't even have a property yet. <laughs> and like, yeah. this is their first one. So they're like terrified. So they want to know what the water costs. They want to know what the electrical costs. They want to know what they're going to be paying for, what the tenants are paying for. <laughs> a lot of the times they'll ask like, can I get like the tenants background check that you did? It's like, no, you know, no. they ask for a lot of different things. Right? right. But the most important is just, you need your financials. You need to know what the current rent is and you need to know what the market rent is. And a lot of agents will put in like their rent roll, like, oh, they're getting 525 for this one bedroom right now, but the market rent is, is 800 or something like that. And that might be true, but I take that worth a grain of salt, right? right. I'm their agent. I need to tell them what I feel that the, uh, that the market rent is, right? So yeah. like, yeah, the agent might be saying 800, but it might only really be 750 or, or maybe it's 850. You don't right. know. And I always sit down with them and, and help them analyze their numbers if if they want to, especially the new people. They're like, dude, I have no idea how to do this for Cincinnati. Like, what do we have to do? What are the taxes? What are this? What are that? You know? Yeah. So, and like, what are the rights too? I think, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I, I mean, ugh. I think that if somebody's new though, partnering with an agent that knows what they're doing makes sense, right? Because it's better for the client. But yeah, I, the utilities is always a big thing. For sure. Always. You have to know what you're paying for as the owner, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's gotta be the biggest. I don't care what your rent is and stuff like that. It's totally different when you analyze it. If they all have separate HVAC units and furnaces and stuff like that, right. or if it's on a boiler system, right? If they've got, right. got separate, that's all worked into their rent and everything. The, the tenant is paying yeah, all those utilities. Great. Boiler system, you're paying for hot water. You're paying for all the heat in the winter and it gets cold here for like, right. What, what feels like six months, time. but it's probably, you know, <laughs> three, four months, something like that. Right. And you got to know if, you know, a lot of people from California, they're like, well, what about like cutting the grass? Yeah. You got to cut the grass, but you also have to, you know, shovel snow. Right. <laughs> and mulch and, and things like that. Yeah. So that exactly. is definitely, do you have a performer that you're using to help the buyers analyze the property? Not really. Like I don't, they all use their own tools. So I have clients who okay. use their own fancy spreadsheet that they came up with. Um, I personally use like the bigger pockets calculator on there okay. and stuff just cause it's all automated. Nice. Um, and you know that the algorithms are right because I've seen a lot of spreadsheets where it's like, you didn't do your equation right on here. Yeah. You know, I'm an engineer <laughs> by, by degree. Right. So uh -huh. I look at all those things and I'm like, we're it's not doing not this right. right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and looking at, 
50 different clients spreadsheets that are all different and they send it to me and I'm like, okay, now I have to sit down and look at them. Like, Hey, let's just put it in this. And it's just quite easier that way. See, that makes sense. Well, Mitch, if people have questions for you, or maybe they have a referral for you in Cincinnati, what is the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah. So they can shoot me an email. It's just my first name, Mitch, and then at Huffman RE group, Huffman real estate group.com uh, is my email address, or they can text me or call me on my cell phone. 513-515-8875. Awesome. Thank you for being on. No problem. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the real estate fight club podcast. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you get updates when new episodes are available. And we truly love feedback and would appreciate all likes, reviews, and suggestions for future topics.